Welcome to the Badam Ching with Carl. Howdy, my routers. Welcome back to the Badam Ching with Carl. Episode four, man, all day long. So, man, it's October over here. For me, it's the best month of the year, you know? You got scary movies, you got bonfires, but unfortunately, you got sober October. You know, and a lot of friends will make you feel bad, try to get you to get on board with such a shenanigan thought. And I tell you, man, I bought it last year. I did sober October, you know, which was a bad idea because that immediately led into the November that I could not remember. But, you know, I applaud it, you know. I'll try. I'll try the best I can. I'll try the best OCR3 can. So this year we're going to do soberish, Octoberish, which basically means I'm just going to switch to beer. <laughs> is, is, that, is that fair? Is that okay? Maybe wine. You know, just stick with wine. Wine is fine, as they say, you know. But, I mean, a buddy of mine nailed it. He's like, why would you want to not drink in October? It's the best month to drink. It's so true. You know, the weather's perfect. So, like, I say, if you're going to do something sober, do it in, like, one of them hot-ass months down here in Tennessee. You know, like, August or something lame like that. I mean, I I know it it doesn't rhyme. It's not cute. But it makes more sense, right? I don't know. Just a thought. I don't even know why I'm talking about drinking, man. Because my guest tonight, (laughs) she's actually been a long time sober. So, I apologize to her. So let's talk about it, man. Allison Summers, episode four. I'm really jazzed about this episode, man, because this was the first time that I talked with some someone for the first time, like somebody I didn't know beforehand. You know, we kind of met in passing, but never had a real conversation. Really happy that we did, you know. And uh, with Allison, she was one of the first ones I thought of when I came up with the concept of the show, because she studied and is a, a comedy improver. And I thought that was pretty neat because I studied music improv. Like, I studied jazz for quite some time. And I thought it would be neat to, you know, like, try to find correlations between musical improv and comedic improv. And what follows is a fun time. And I could probably say after this that she is now a friend of mine. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Allison Summers, Episode 4. Hey, we're recording. Allison, what's going on? Carl, not much. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We were talking uh, about hummingbirds earlier and the fact that I can't see them when I'm not looking at them. So. Yeah. When you're faced away from them, you miss them. So that's You miss freaking, 100% of the yeah, hummingbirds that you they, don't That you face. don't see. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Cool. Well, that's good. I, you were telling me earlier that you were able to still be working through all this mess. So yes, that's so a positive thing, I would think. It is. Yeah, I've been able to see friends, and I've been able to continue to do comedy at the comedy bar. I'm so fucking grateful for that. Um, just, is comedy back? Do you think, or is it? Is it back? Is it back? I think it's like a snail trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would. I would not say comedy is back, but comedy is still. Holding on by a thread. Um, Third Coast is not open still, which is very sad. But Are, are they offering online things or anything at all? Uh, they are offering online 
stand-up classes with Mark and Sean, I think. But okay. I think that's it right now. Shout out to Mark and Nonsen, Sean Parrott. Hope you're listening. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not after what uh, we're about to say. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, um... It's Brad Sativa's birthday, right? Yeah. He's uh, happy having, birthday, Brad. Happy birthday, Virgo baby. He's having a, a shindig that uh, the whole world's invited to, apparently. Yep. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm, you know? I'm going. I'm wearing a mask. You're going to wear a mask? I'm going to wear a mask Hell outside. Yeah. yeah, I still wear a mask. I wore a mask last year hanging out with Brad Sativa. So <laughs> I don't blame you there at all. I have to because I'm sober, so I just have to like stay away from his weed smoke. <laughs> I just got to wear a, a fucking gas mask every time around him anyway. That's so probably the smartest thing. Don't get a contact high. No offense, Brad. But trying to stay sober, man. She's got, a, she's got a point. It's a valid point. Allison Summers, Nashville, Tennessee native. Yeah. That's pretty rare these days. Yes. I mean, I'm from Mount Juliet. Yes, so, technically. Yes, technically. So you know how some people are like, you're not from fucking Nashville. Nashville's my fucking city. Mm, yeah. uh, but I, I consider that... I grew up cruising around downtown, like really, like cruising and mm-hmm. going to bar in Nashville and dancing at Banana Joe's and the Mix Factory. Anybody knows about the Mix Factory, so anyone? That's that's old school Nashville shit. Wow, see, getting mm-hmm. the inside scoop here. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, tell us a little bit about like your your upbringing. Like, how did comedy start peeking its head in your life? Yeah, so. I grew up in Mount Juliet, and then I started doing community theater at Lakewood Community Theater, and uh, that's in Old Hickory. And so I started doing that when I was like 12. I saw a play, and I was like, I want to do this. It's like this is, like had a moment watching a play, and I'd never seen something like that up close. And so I was like, I think this is what I want to do with my life. And then I just, from then on like did theater in high school and then I was a theater major in college oh really I didn't know that yeah and so I studied theater at the University of Maryland and I was in a sketch comedy group so I really started with comedy by doing sketch comedy um, Mm -hmm. in this in our group called SketchUp and yeah (laughs) lovely (laughs) yeah so it was called SketchUp and I just didn't I didn't know I'd never written anything before Mm -hmm. so it's your first experience starting to write sketches yeah so my first kind of foot was I'd done comedic plays before and I knew that like oh this is super fun and I could make people laugh in plays Mm. but writing was so new and it was such a fun experience collaboration which is a huge part of like improv as well sure um, and so I did that at Maryland and then a buddy of mine that had graduated a year before me came back to one of our shows and he was like, when you, when you moved to Los Angeles, cause I was moving to LA after I graduated college. And that was just your plan from, yeah. from the get go? Yeah. Any reasoning like, there? Um, well I had initially wanted to move to New York and my parents were like, you're fucking going to college, <laughs> which I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Um, but I had gone and to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and I had gotten into the school but then turned it down because I think I just got a little nervous I think because it was so New York City is very different from Los Angeles but Mm -hmm. I wanted to like get away Mm -hmm. but I was like I don't think this is for me um so I was like I'm gonna move to LA I'm gonna move to Hollywood do film 
and and be a film actress as opposed to theater. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I chose to move to L.A. And then my buddy was like, when you move there, do the second city. He was like, you're going to love it. And so I moved to Los Angeles after I graduated. And I at like three weeks in, I auditioned for the second city. And well, actually, I did an immersion program, which was like a week long thing. And then I auditioned for their conservatory. Mm-hmm. And then I got in. And then from there, it was like, oh, fuck. Like, I love, I love this. <laughs> I fell in love with improv. How, um, how long were we there with Second City? I was with the Second City. So I was at the Second City the entire time that I lived in Los Angeles. Wow. So I lived there for six years. And I I mean, I took classes there. I performed there. I had shows there with different people. And I did UCB and Iowa West as well. Okay. So those are comedy, like different comedy schools. And they have different rules of thought and different philosophies. And it's very incestuous because everybody is going to each, you know, each place. And Iowa West was the only place with a bar. So Iowa was the place where you would get <laughs> fucked up and go after your show or UCB was like where you would go to really like hang out with the cool people. And then second city for me, this is, you know, my own personal experience. Second city was like where you went to learn. Okay. So I learned a lot from UCB, but I really got my comedic, like sort of formal education from second city along with improv and writing and acting they, they kind of teach you all of those elements like just right out of the gate like everybody's learning how to write how to uh, act all these things at the same time yeah because you have second city at the time had these and, and i don't know how it is now i'm sure it's still amazing but second city had great teachers i had uh, josh funk naima funk dave rosowski craig kakowski Amy Seeley, Mike Ross, like those were Bruce, Bruce Green. So these are all comedic heads that are just fucking genius. Mark Warzeka, like Matt Craig, all these people are comedic geniuses. And they, they are not only good at comedy, but they're good at acting and they're good at writing. So when you get notes from your director, they wouldn't just be giving you notes about the writing or they wouldn't just be giving you notes about acting. They'd be like giving you all of it. Mm-hmm. So just really shaping you to be a real performer that was grounded. Through uh, acting, writing, and performing, was there one that stood out for you personally where you're like, oh, this is my strength and I need to focus more on these other things? Yeah, so improvising was definitely more of a strength. So I do a lot of characters. So that was a strength. Mm-hmm. Um the writing aspect came naturally to a, a point, you know, where I could, with Second City, what you would do is you would improvise mm-hmm. and then you would sort of deconstruct the scene with your director and pick out all the comedic elements and then talk about it and be like, okay, how can this be a sketch? And then you'd come back, you'd have to, you'd come back next week with it written out. Mm-hmm. kind of same elements but then you'd write out the scene and then you would do it again and then you would like hone it in by practicing in in real time so that was cool like to take you know when you're 
typing when you're writing you're writing on a computer essentially but like this was literally writing on your feet mm-hmm. in the most i guess literal way i guess that seems to be like the most organic way to build all three of these components at the same time yeah and there's an element of collaboration too because it's not just you mm-hmm. you know and you have a your who you're writing with is in real time too so they're they're doing a character whether it's the straight man or a playing a fucking dog or a tree whatever like uh they're they're writing with you so you're writing together like mm-hmm. building this thing that is coming out of fucking nowhere right it's, it's like jazz yeah yes you know it's like you're building um yeah something out of nothing basically yes i love that and it's interesting that you say that thing about jazz um because uh effortless mastery yeah, right. yeah Effortle- effortless mastery is a book that was recommended to me by rich tallarico who's an amazing sketch writer and it's a book about jazz Mm-hmm. And he was like, this is a book that you need to read about improv mm-hmm. to be a better improviser. So uh, I love that. You know, I love that aspect because I studied, um, you know, I was telling you earlier, I studied uh, jazz drumming. I went to MTSU uh, mm. in 2009. Mm-hmm. And um, that book was definitely on the list to get. So I love seeing that correlation between comedy and music. You know, yeah. the same tools to, it's kind of like a universal Yes. Tool for both things. I wish that I understood more about music. I do think that that would help me with writing jokes. So I think that there's a specific rhythm, right? Just like in music that jokes can have that works, you know. And I've been taking piano lessons, but not regularly Mm -hmm. to specifically like sort of unlock things in my brain that I've never used before. Like using my right and left hand at the same time is a weird fucking like having them do different things is a very weird thing mm. and I, I, I yeah, can, it's not a natural thing <laughs> no but I can feel like what it does to my brain and I specifically I, I think it was actually after I read that book Effortless Mastery I was like I'm gonna fucking learn how to play the piano um, to see if it helps with comedy because I do think that there's something to notes and tone and oh, I don't know enough about music but I'm so interested in it yeah i think there's definitely a correlation in that you know it's like grand points you know and you're right on that terminology that's correct terminology so once oh, thank you, you. <laughs> thank you thank you so like you know so i studied when i studied jazz a lot of that was um private instruction like just learning drums and like you said learning how to get my all of my limbs working independently, like four-way coordination, so to speak. But um, a lot of my instruction was, all right, I'd, I'd have like eight to ten things to work on every week, and it was all geared towards being able to um, be free enough when I'm performing with other people to not fight um, my body. So everything's just flowing as the ideas come, yeah. and you're bouncing off of each other. As a improver, is there certain techniques that you work on uh, personally to be a better um, player in the ensemble. Yeah, it's really important to be in the moment as in life. Uh, Philosophically, it's like sort of Buddhist type shit. Like another book, if anybody's interested in being an improviser, I would read Buddhism Plain and Simple. That's about being in the moment. So it's one of those things that 
I have to make a conscious effort before every show to connect with my scene partner and pay the fuck attention to what they're saying. And then most of the time, so like what I will do is I will move my body in a very specific way and let my body like inform me on what I'm going to do, what voice is going to come out, what what's going to happen. And then I will be like, pay the fuck attention. So that way I'm reading your body language I'm paying attention to your face like so you know you just you just crossed your hands mm. right now and you're sitting very attentively so if we were in a scene i could i could just make a conscious effort and mirror you and be like okay all right i'm glad we are about to have this conversation <laughs> because i i know that it's been needed you know so it's just i would just take whatever sort of energy and just feed off of that but and it's important to say, I think, I was thinking about this when you're asking me to do this, because people shit on improv so much. Right. I mean, especially with the stand up shit. Oh, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I look, I get it. I've seen so much bad improv in my life. I've been a part of so much bad improv that you want to fucking like, poke your eyes out. Like, it's bad. It's bad. But I think people don't understand that. When you're seeing shitty improv, you're seeing new improvisers who are practicing on stage. Mm -hmm. That's it's like a fucking open mic. Right. So they can't get good at it unless they're bombing on stage and they're just bombing in a different way. But once you see improv, like I think the thing that's most relevant now is um, Tom and uh, uh, what's his fucking name? The two dudes on Netflix, Tom Babini. Do you know what I'm talking about? Tom Babini. Yeah, Babini, I don't know. I just know his Instagram name, but he's on Silicon Valley. Anyway, Uh. so they're really great improvisers, and they have a show on Netflix now, and they're amazing. So once you see improvisers that have been doing it for a long time, that's when you're like, holy shit, this is fucking magic, and this can't be real. So it, it takes a while to get there, and so I think a lot of times like people just go and see these fucking awkward quen- cringe <laughs> shows, and they're like, "This is a fucking nerdy dumb bullshit." Right, and, and, they, and they see they see amateurs, and they think, "Oh, this is improv." Yeah, yeah, but it's just these these are improvisers who are practicing their craft and sometimes bombing, and then you get that one good scene, and you're like, "All right, this is I'm good for the rest. We did it," you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I just went on a tangent. I'm, try- I'm trying to defend the art that I love so much. As you as is your right. No, I'm not trying to assault you here. This is no, a, no, not this at is all. A open room here. No, I, I, not at all. Do I think that? <laughs> Very cool. Uh, so I got to know, like, so you're in LA and you're studying improv. Um, at what point? This may maybe back in Maryland too. Um, at what point did you start doing stand-up comedy? So. I didn't start doing stand-up until three years ago. Really? Yeah. So I was already living in Nashville, and I'd been, you know, I've been doing improv. Uh, how long? When did you move back from LA? I moved. And, and what prompted that move to come so back home? I worked for a company um, at the time, and I got a very big promotion, and so I moved to Atlanta. Um, for that, so I moved away. It was a big choice for me to move from Los Angeles to Atlanta. And I was like, well, I could still do hot, like Hollywood shit in Atlanta because they're filming a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I took this promotion and moved to Atlanta. And then um, that company got absorbed by a larger 
company. And actually, I'm just trying to sugarcoat it, but I actually had to go to rehab <laughs> when I lived in Atlanta. And so I, that was like after two years of living there. And I was like, once I got sober, I was like, I need to, I got sober here in Nashville at Cumberland Heights. And good for you. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think I need to be in Nashville. The thing that sucks is there's not, no comedy here. But it was a risk that I was like, well, if I live anywhere else, I think I'm going to fucking die. Because I don't think I can stay sober anywhere else. Because my family is here. Mm-hmm. They're very supportive. So I just took a leap of faith, moved here. And then found Luke Watson, who was the director of this group called LOL. Mm. And... I had seen them and I was like, oh my gosh, this is improv. Like they're doing improv here in Nashville. Because growing up here, this was there was no comedy scene. Sure. And I was like, hey man, I'd love to come audition for this group. And I auditioned and got in, and that was like six, that was six years ago. And then he eventually opened up Third Coast Comedy Club and started doing that. And at Third Coast, they would have um, shows with comedians and uh, the first all-female comedy show I went to MK Gannon I don't know if you know her she's great she had an all-female show and it was very inspiring I was like wow I did I can oh it's not just for dudes like I had no real I didn't know much about Mm stand-up and that was three years ago I think when I saw that and I was like I want to I want to try this and so then I started doing stand-up how did that in, did that inform? How did that inform you as a performer? Mm, does stand up inform your improv? Does stand up inform my improv and Ooh. vice versa? Okay, so stand up helps me with improv in terms of hosting. Like we do, we'll do hosting um, for a show, which is like, hey everybody, we need a suggestion. Da, 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 da. Or just talking to build information for a scene. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think stand up has helped my improv in that regard. As far as improv and stand up, this is gonna sound weird, but I find it very difficult to do. You would think that oh, you're an improviser, like you can just like riff with with the crowd, but I'm not at the level yet where crowd work comes naturally to me or where yes i feel comfortable even fucking talking to somebody you know most of the time i'm looking over their heads when i perform <laughs> i mean that's so you would think that being an improviser you you just naturally are like quick and stuff but stand-up is for me it's very different mm. than improv and so i'm just now starting to i'm hosting which i've never done before and so I'm, I'm hosting at the comedy bar and I'm just now starting to ask people like, you know, any birthdays and where are y'all from? And then you get this answer and, right. and you're like, I don't know fucking anything about Arkansas. Cool. Thank you. Next. You right. know? Yeah, so, yeah. But breaking that fourth wall can be very yeah, scary. Because sure. it, you never know what people are going to say. And um, you, I feel, and this is probably just made up in my head, but I feel like, you know, there's pressure that if you are interacting with the audience, you better fucking make the other people laugh or make them laugh about that interaction. Mm. You know, with a joke, it's like, all right, I've written this down. So 
there's less uncertainty there. And so I found recently that something I'm working through is just trying not to shut down when when an audience member is like talking to me because sometimes I just breeze fucking through it because I'm just not used to connecting right with, with you know breaking that fourth wall yeah, so yeah. And, and and you're building that muscle yeah know? whereas some performers do that naturally I know I've asked uh comics in town like that do that so wonderfully like fucking, for instance like matt boyd's really was, great exactly i was gonna say fucking matt boyd is so good at crowd work and i asked him about that one day he's like how did you do that he's like i've just always done that yeah yeah that's just his strength yeah he knows that and he's so like comes naturally it, it he feels is, anyway. yes he is one he's actually one of my most favorite comics in nashville and he's moving to austin yes and i am I'm pretty bummed about it, but mm. very excited for him. Sure. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Matt. Pouring, pouring one out for you. <laughs> uh, Mountain but, Dew. She's not drinking. Folks. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't know what's worse. Alcohol or Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, crowd work is, it's an art in itself. Um, do you think that like that giving you like, so to speak, big ears, uh, and listening to the crowd and responding to the crowd, that has to inform your timing in improv as well, right? Because you have to be so on and like so, like like you said, just so on. Yeah. <laughs> Without lack of a better Yeah, word, you, you know? have to be in it. Yeah. You have to be able to hear the audience laughter because you do still have to pause for laughter even when you're in a scene. And that's that can be strange at, t- at times, but also improv is acting. I mean, but, but like basic form, you're still acting. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the best improvisers are some of the best actors. And improv doesn't have to be comedic all the time either. Right. I've done very serious improv. If you've ever seen TJ and Dave, um, look them up. They're uh, incredible improvisers. And sometimes their shit's sad. Mm-hmm. And it's just real good. Like real fucking good shit, but it has these elements where the laughter is so good and so great because they're talking about real shit and they're just doing a scene, you know, about fucking. I was just gonna say something real too dark, um. So we'll say like <laughs> divorce or something, you know, and just yeah. like going through, like showing them the emotions, but also showing how sometimes that shit's really funny, like this mm. situation. So like dark comedy, dark humor. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love dark humor. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I I know a little bit about this, but you please uh, elaborate. When did you start doing cartoon work? Yeah. So when did okay? So Sam is my buddy. Sam Osborne. He creates. He is the animator and. He, he and I write. We talked about this. I don't know if it's he and I or him and I. I don't fucking know. Gemini. Gemini. Aquimini. Outcast. Throw your hands in the air. Okay. Uh, so Sam is the animator. And we met at Third Coast, actually, at a little film thing. I had made a short. And he had made a short. And we just started chatting. He's like, oh, oh. Sam's got a real funny voice. Um, he's going to fucking kill me for doing that impersonation. <laughs> um, but he's just got, he's got a real fun, he's just so fun to talk to on the phone. And he's got a real fun voice and he's like, oh, 
don't you, I heard uh, from Bill that you uh, do some some voiceover. <laughs> I, you know, here's my card. And he had a card, and so I called him up, and I was like, "Fuck it, like, yes, I love doing voices. Let's do it." And where did that come from? Have you always done that? Like, yeah, I think as a kid, I liked doing impersonations of my family. Mm. So I would do impersonations of my grandmother because she had. Which, this sounds terrible, but she had a stroke, and so I never knew her to have a real voice. Mm. And so she had a very interesting voice. She could barely... It was very hard for her to speak. So, like, doing comedy for me is very important because I have a voice, and, like, my grandmother was a bad bitch, but she couldn't really speak well. Mm -hmm. And so... um, I would do impersonations of her, which sounds bad, but my family liked it. Um, and like my can, uncle, can you do it? Can you do it? Yeah, she, she when she spoke, she would say, "Hello, how are you?" And that sounds really terrible, but like you know, I just loved, I loved mimicking people who were singing. Any anybody, I would love to just mimic their voice. Yeah. So that's, See, you have a musical ear, you know, and like your voice is very animated. So I can I can see the appeal of doing cartoons. Yeah. So back to the thing, mm-hmm. the cartoons. Yes. Where can we find them? Oh, you can go to Afternoon Stew um, on Instagram. We are currently actually Sam is currently making a website because Sam and I, so Sam and I write and we write everything. Sam's more of the director. And then we do both do the voices, and he does all the animation. So he has all the legwork. He's got the real tough. I get to do all the fun shit. Mm-hmm. And he's building our website right now. So you can find us on Instagram at Afternoon Stew. It's A F T E R N O O N S T E W. And we have we're going to be putting a lot of our short films. So we create a lot of short films that aren't out anywhere right now, except for. We do a lot of film festivals. We we win some really cool awards, and we get into a lot of film festivals, which is super cool and really a neat thing because you get access to see other films, not just animation, but you get to see all these, how many cool artists there are out there. So, sure. yeah, so that's the, the website will be coming soon, but the best thing to do if you want to watch the shorts would be go to that on Instagram. Is there like an underlying theme that y'all have for each skit? Or we typically we'll typically just do things that are affecting us. Uh, so a lot of the dating ones that you'll see pertain to like something that's happened to me or just like thoughts that I've had. Or like sometimes we'll just be like, let's do, let's get fucking weird, man. Let's get weird. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Sam will just be like, oh, <laughs> he'll tell me a story about like a coworker or something. I'm like, we have to fucking let's write this right now. And we typically we we work. We have a very specific way that we work, and we give each other. We will used to this was before everything happened, um, but we would. For our shorts, so we do like these 15 to 30 second shorts, not our films. Our films are a little bit different. But um, we give each other, we'll, we'll meet up for two hours, mm-hmm. and then we try to write three, and then record three. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of times we just get one out, but then Sam will pick the one that he likes the best, and he'll he'll start animating it. So, Yeah. So there it is. It, there it is. Yeah. 
Hell yeah. Shout out to Sam O. Sam O. My buddy. I like the uh I like the outro things that, that you do on that. Oh yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very, uh, thank you. Yeah. Can you do it? Yeah. Uh Oh, I haven't done it in a long time. This is made by Sam and Allison. Ba da ba ba da ba. I can't remember how I do it. I yeah, it's it a little bit floppier than that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got, I got nervous. Take your time. You want me to do it again? Yeah, okay. Okay. You want me to do it again? All right. This was made by Sam and Allison. Ba da ba ba da ba. That was it. Okay. That's the one. I haven't done that in a long time because it's it was <laughs> recorded like. We've been doing this for two years, so that was like recorded two years ago. Oh, is it? okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. See, you brought it back. You oh, still got man. it. Oh, man. Still got, the, got it. You got oh. that musical ear, you see. <laughs> well, Allison, tell people where they can find you um, on all the social media sites. Yeah. So, so they can keep up with your products, productions. Products. Products. My, my products. Uh, you can find my products. Uh, <laughs> really, the only place you can find me is on Instagram. I fuck Twitter. Um, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't really understand it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should edit that out. <laughs> no, that's all we're going to have. <laughs> That'll be the whole thing. <laughs> you can find me, uh, Allison Summers, Insti, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-S-U-M-M-E-R-S-I-N-S-T-I. So that's where you can find me, I think, in Afternoon Stew. So, yeah, you can follow me there. I perform a lot at the Comedy Bar and Third Coast when it's open. If, if anybody wants to uh, support the arts, I would recommend donating to Third Coast at thirdcoastcomedyclub.com, I think. I think is it? it? Yeah, I think it's dot com. But that's, it's a great, it's a, it's a great place. And, and um, you were teaching improv classes there as well. Yeah, right? I, I teach improv there. I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm sure you certainly will when it, once it comes back. Yeah. It's a great community. I mean, Improv is so naturally collaborative and you have to be supportive. So if you are looking for friends, <laughs> if you are lonely, mm-hmm. improv is is a is a very serious way to build relationships and with people and some of the friends that I have to this day are friends from that very first immersion class that I had at the Second City and I still speak with them. That's great. Yeah, and yeah, that but- was 11 years ago. Wow. Mhm. Do you have any advice for somebody that's never done improv before and may want to try it? Yeah, I would say the first step, just fucking do it. Everyone <laughs> is going to be as nervous as you are. And the big, a big thing in improv is dare to fail. Because fa- failure is imminent. And uh, that is actually a very beautiful thing because you will you will learn to uh enjoy failure and that sounds really fucked but i mean that in the most positive sense but yeah dare to fail dare to fuck up and you will you will meet some really great people along the way i i think at least from my experience and and most of my friends you know well there it is yeah well cool Jeff on? I had a great time, and you might go fucking mean cup of coffee, man. This is great. Pretty good. Thank you. All right, let's go uh, to Brad Sativa's house and not get high. Okay. okay. All right. See ya. Bye. There it is, guys. Episode four in the bag. Appreciate it. Allison. Appreciate you guys checking it out. 
As always, be sure to follow The Dumb Ching with Carl now on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, on other things probably. <laughs> now, last I heard, we just started up on iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts too. So appreciate it. One last thing I want to say is about that book, Effortless Mastery. Just let you know, the author is Kenny Werner, who is a jazz pianist. And if you are into improvisation of any style, I really think you're going to get something out of it, man. So check it out. I want to leave you guys with one last bit. This is uh, one from Sam and Allison. And basically, it's a Allison's character talks about her man's communication issues. And I don't think any fans of mine on this show has any communication issues, but maybe you know somebody that did. So without further ado, let's check that shit out. See ya. So how's Jeff? Ugh, don't even say his name. I feel like I'm making all the effort. I have no idea if he's into me or not. He barely texts, but when we hang out, it's so much fun. Hmm, fun or done? We talk on the phone. Like, he calls me. Who calls me? It's so nice. But then I don't hear from him for days. Silent and deadly. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not playing games. Let's just forget it, right? Like, just let him burn. Just f*** him, you mm, know? Like, get it, girl. Uh, f*** him. F*** him. Oh my gosh, she's calling me right now. Oh gosh. I'm not going to answer. No, should do I answer? not. No. I should answer. Do right? not yeah. answer. Right. If you answer, you're giving him all the power. That's how it works. Hey, I was just talking about you. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Oh, you're so funny. It's not your real voice. Get out. This was made by Sam and Allison. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Ba! ba, 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 ba.